All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NFL podcast. It's Friday. It's December 4th. I'm Doug Norian. Over there is James Davis. I'm bringing the energy today, buddy. That's it. It's, a, yeah. it's Friday morning. We're a day later than usual because the NFL season just keeps, you know, throwing new games out there and Wednesday football. And, you know, maybe one day we'll get, I don't know, I was going to say we're going to get Tuesday football, but we're going to get actually get that this week. Uh, so <laughs> I was like, well, for a second, I was going to like give some scenario where there was some crazy day that we were going to play football. And then, I, <laughs> then in my head, I went through it. I was like, oh, wait a second. They just, we, they, we've done that every day this year. There's no new days. <laughs> yeah, you're, like, you're stuck in like that Michael Scott zone where you're like trying to one up and you just stand there silently. <laughs> <laughs> right, so. like something with pudding. I'm trying to like, just, I'm I trying, was trying to, to think of something. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and then I just realized that this is the new, the new world order is we just get football every single day of the week. Um, got an interesting week 13 here. We're going to go through a bunch of stuff in terms of, in, there's some injuries we really need to keep an eye out on. Got some bets that we like, uh, though we have had a decent amount of line movement. Uh, and as we get into the NFL season, or excuse me, late in the NFL season, things are pretty much known here in terms of which teams <laughs> actually have a chance, uh, which teams are probably just kind of just playing, uh, running the clock out at this point. So we'll go through game by game, break it all down, nod to some of the cash game plays that we threw out there yesterday on our cash game podcast. I think that, I don't know, I'd say we're zeroing in on where we are with cash games at this point, but it's looking short of a few injury pieces. It's looking like we're dialing in uh, a lot of these different plays, but we'll go through that as well. The first game is the Bengals go in and face the Dolphins. This game has a huge, uh, excuse me, huge spread in terms of uh, where the Dolphins land here. They're minus 11 favorites. The over-under is 42 and a half. Hard to see the Bengals getting much going here. They're implied for 15 and a half points. Uh, they're going to start uh, Brandon Allen again at quarterback. What are we looking at here in terms of the Miami running back situation? We thought we had, uh, we thought we could kind of sneak in Maparita last week. Uh, that didn't really end up working out with the DeAndre Washington thing. But uh, where do we stand in terms of Ahmed, Gaskin? Uh, because this is definitely, a, it seems like a situation where we want to roster our running back. Yeah, so right now, Salvan Ahmed is definitely heading in a positive direction. He participated in a limited fashion in both Wednesday and Thursday's practice. I would say he's heading towards playing. And he's also very cheap. So... If he becomes available, this all of a sudden becomes, I think, an automatic play almost, right? Um, it is a shoulder injury. That shouldn't limit him too dramatically. Guy who touched the ball 18 times against Denver, 21 times, 22 times against the Chargers. So I think that's certainly a situation worth keeping an eye on. If he were to miss, um, or if like Gaskin were to become available, which I think is still in play as well, uh, I think that certainly muddies the waters a little bit, but uh, that's a spot... You can definitely keep an eye on. Um, also, the Dolphins' defense will probably be the highest-owned defense, assuming that people can afford it this week. Like you said, that total just laughably low. The Dolphins have been kind of a middling defense. They've gotten you know, perhaps even a little overrated overall defensively, but they should be able to handle Brandon Allen and Giovanni Bernard, I would guess. So, right. <laughs> so that I think they'll be the highest-owned defense this week. Yeah, we've like I said, uh, with Gaskin, he has been. He's been activated off the IR, but they just haven't really given much, in, you know, uh, insight into whether or not he's going to be playing or not. I, you know, this could be a situation where Gaskin and Ahmed play, and I think at that point you just need to probably just kind of it all kind of drives toward the middle. I don't think you'd be able to play any one of these guys. I'd be a little concerned with the Ahmed piece, um, just how much with with Washington and Breida there. But like you said before, he. When it was just him, they were fine kind of rolling him out there. I don't know. This is this is an interesting game that in terms of, you know, we'll have to, I think we'll just have to wait till Sunday to see how the running back situation plays out. It doesn't look like Tua is going to play. Uh, so it looks like they're going to have Fitzpatrick again. So, um, I mean, I guess there's some chance Tua plays and maybe that, you know, changes the situation because he's still really, he's only still questionable. I don't think he's been ruled officially out yet. So definitely some injury stuff to take a look at. I didn't actually mind the Cincinnati points here in terms of an overall bet. I think I got him in at plus 12, but I need to look at that one again. Um, I got him in at plus 11 and a half. Um, I, the quarterback play is a downgrade I, that this is kind of factored in there. Uh, and it just, it has a little bit to do with pace here in terms of Miami just really running up the score. So uh, don't love the bet, but I did put up in Cincinnati plus 11. And Can a you half. tell me when you're going to put these bets in, please? I, I, I how emailed, many times I got to ask you? I emailed you the entire list or I texted you the entire list Earlier in the week, um, I can go back. I don't know and, if you sent me this. Well, this is gonna be a good podcast. Oh, you did, you did. I'm sorry, you did. Send okay, me that thank one. you very much. Glad to get the glad to get the apology on air because I was gonna actually just stop the podcast and just go back through the text <laughs> and then either have you apologize and then hit Buddy, record relax. again. So relax. there we go. Uh, just relax. Let me help, let me help you relax by saying relax. Right. Yeah, people that just yeah people that gaslight you and then tell you to relax later. It's just uh, 
Relax. Are some of the best conversations I've, I know I personally have. All right, Jacksonville goes in and plays Minnesota. Minnesota, 10.5-point favorites here. Uh, we talked a little bit about Dalvin Cook yesterday, though there is some concern with the injury piece on him. I don't think we got any clarity overnight or after yesterday's practices with Dalvin Cook. I believe he still sat out yesterday, so we're going to need to see. Uh, yeah, it's an ankle. In, uh, he was a limited participant in, in Thursday's practice. Where do we stand on Cook? It's funny about Cook and Henry. When you look at overall carries on the season, these guys are just lapping the field in terms of opportunity. It's, it's just crazy. There's such a massive drop-off after these two dudes. And, you know, and Cook even missed the game, and he's still, and he's still just, just absolutely running away, pun intended, with the amount of carries. What do, I mean, do we want to just are – we, are, we, are we firm on playing Cook here in cash if, if he's healthy, or does like the injury plus the price uh, kind of make it a question mark for us? I think if the injury is a question mark, we probably lean into Henry. Um, if it's not, and because Henry is like, you know, arguably just as good, you get some savings there as well. If the injury is not a question mark, I think I'd prefer Cook just because on a per touch basis, he's a little bit better. I think his team has a better matchup here against Jacksonville. It's pretty close. You can hear the hesitation in my voice. It wouldn't be, wouldn't yep. feel like a slam dunk to me, but Minnesota also. I think their game plan is a lot more geared towards let's just give the ball to Dalvin every single time as soon as we get up by 10 points. Like, And Tennessee can do that too, so don't get me wrong. But right. given that Minnesota is a lot more likely to be up by 10 points in this game, I think that's where I would head here. Jacksonville is allowing the most yards per... Oh, that, oh never mind. I had yards per pass attempt, not per rush attempt. So never mind. Let's scratch that one. Um, they're probably doing... They're, I think they're, they're bad against the, the run as well. They were just exceptionally bad against the pass. Uh, Jacksonville... Ranks, yeah, 26th against the rush, uh, 31st against the pass. We talked a little bit about Justin Jefferson yesterday in terms of you know where we thought his ownership was going to be after a huge week where he was also chalk, but also with the caution that Adam Thielen is coming back this week off the COVID IR list. So it does that does have to cut into some of De- Jefferson's overall opportunity or just like projected opportunity. And that being said, when the guy gets targets, he's absolutely electric. So this is a tough one because he doesn't need to see double-digit targets to absolutely you know, dominate in a game. And we're just concerned that that's just not how Minnesota rolls, especially if they're up. So um, that's it's another situation to sort of monitor. I don't think we end up with Jefferson in cash, although he's kind of creeping around lineups right now at 7700 on FanDuel. It just does seem like a really high price to pay for a guy who could just see six targets of the game or, or fewer if the game were to get out of hand. So another one of these kind of, is that, is that sum it up pretty well on Jefferson? I'm, I'm I, like, it's going to be weird. Like if he's really high owned, I'm, I think we mentioned this yesterday. If he's really high owned, that is going to be a tough one to stare down. And if we roster him, you, it's going to be, a t- it might be a tough one to stare down when it's the fourth quarter and they're just not even thinking about passing. So I don't know. I, that, that's kind of where I land with the Minnesota passing. Game. Anything else here to see um, in Jacksonville, James Robinson still touches the ball a ton, even if they're losing. I, you know, they have had some wide receiver injuries here over a couple weeks. I think DJ Chark is still going to sit. Anything else to see on the Jacksonville side? Yeah, so Robinson got some cash game ownership last week. He was about 15% owned on FanDuel. Granted, it was at a lower price point, and it was a better matchup against Cleveland. As a 10-point dog, you really got to have faith <laughs> that he's going to march out there and continue to touch the ball mid-20s times. That being said, that's exactly what he's done in four of the last five weeks. The only time he didn't touch 20 touch the ball 20 times was against the jaws of that Pittsburgh defense. And he was still totally respectable in that game, you know, clearing 10 fantasy points. So yeah, it's not, not unreasonable to want to play him. I just think it's a little bit, I'm just trying to think what would need to happen for me to want to play a guy at 7,800 as a 10 point underdog. And I don't think Robinson clears that bar for me. So he'll be left out of my cash games, I believe. But in terms of big tournament speculation, I think he's a very good play. Uh, Moving on, we have the, uh, Saints go in and play the Falcons. We talked a, a decent amount about this game yesterday on the Saints side. Saints are three-point road favorites. The line has dropped from 47.5 to 45.5, and, and that, I think, is just like a pace of play kind of thing with how the Saints are playing with Taysom Hill. If you're a Calvin Kamara owner, you are just devastated by what's happened here over the last couple weeks. It's really something. He was, I believe he was the highest DraftKings scorer on the season for running backs. I'm going to take a look at that real quick while I, while I search that. Uh, yeah, he was he was going in. He, as of two weeks ago, he was the highest DraftKings scorer, and now he's second to Cook. But he was like, he was kind of like well ahead at, at one point, um, just in terms of just receptions um, in the PPR format. 
he's just, I mean, he's completely unplayable at this point, right? Like, we didn't mention him. We mentioned Hill. We mentioned Michael Thomas yesterday. So, I'm, I don't think we need to relitigate that piece. But Kamara, I mean, he's like a like, like a third-tier running back with Taysom Hill, right? Like, it's, it's just all gone away. It's, it's absolutely crazy what's happened with him. Yeah, I, I mean, he's unplayable in DFS right now. The price really hasn't come, come down that much. I just don't see any world where you can play him in, in any format. So... Not that you can really play the other guys. Uh, the thing to keep an eye on, I suppose, would be the injury piece with Kamara as well. Uh, his foot's bothering him. So if he were to sit, you know, that would certainly open things up for, like, Latavius Murray. But, you know, yeah, as a play in and of himself, he's not, not playable. Murray touched the ball a lot last week, uh, 19 carries against Denver. They were really running downhill at the end where they just They were up by so much, too. It's tough to right. make much of that. Exactly. Like, it, the game was pretty much over. But, uh, yeah, I guess if Kamara were to miss, I don't think he's really a threat to miss the game. But, yeah, it's just such a crazy situation because, uh, you know, just to speak about season long real quick, I don't I don't really own him in season long. But you probably got to this. You probably got near the playoffs at this point with Kamara because of <laughs> his performance uh, over the course of the season. And then you're going to walk into the playoffs and you just can't. I mean, you have to play him, obviously, but man, what a crazy situation. It's crazy just to see a non-injury situation, just have a guy just absolutely fall off a cliff. Anything else to see here? I think we're going to probably discuss Taysom Hill pretty strongly going in to Sunday's games in terms of cash game play. I think we're fine playing Michael Thomas. We talked about this yesterday. Anything to see on the Atlanta side? It looks like Julio Jones still banged up. Um, you know, the Brian Hill experiment obviously failed last week in terms of uh, chalk cash ownership, though it looks like Gurley is back this week. Anything on the Atlanta side? Yeah, we're, we're definitely watching that Julio Jones situation very carefully. Uh, worth noting that Ridley was also limited on Wednesday and Thursday's practices. So should he wind up missing and Julio Jones wind up missing, that would be a very interesting situation. Um, I guess I'm curious to know what your feelings are on Ridley because he's gotten nine targets the last couple weeks. He really hasn't been worth the big-time price tag, you know, even when they played New Orleans two games ago. Is he a guy we're really looking at in this mid eight thousands? If Jones were to miss, or is the track record, or has just not come together in the same way that people have hoped for? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like they want to throw a ton, so that's good. It feels like they'll be playing from behind. The the the, the conditions are good. I think he's still a really good play. He really hasn't hit that, like you said, like the overall upside that you want to see, even when they've had to throw, even when they've thrown the ball a lot. So last week they threw, they threw almost forty times last week. 39, 39 attempts for Matt Ryan, and he saw nine targets. But then, you know, Hurst had eight, and, you know, there's a couple fives for Edo Smith and Russell Gage. So it's not like he's he's just not dominating targets in a way you think you maybe would have thought with Julio Jones. And it's, it's probably hard for him to dumpster you at this price if, if Jones weren't to play. So not I, I wouldn't be over the moon about playing him here, and I don't think it's the worst thing in the world either. I think we just kind of thought with Julio Jones, we might see like those 13 and 14 target exactly. games from Rid- and Ridley, and that's just that that's the part that really hasn't come to fruition. So decent play, but you can't go 11 to 12 targets on him. I think which is where we kind of wanted to be with Julio. Other times where Julio Jones had been absent, and that just has kind of bore itself out to not really be the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you there. I don't. And I'm not excited about, like, Russell Gage really at all. You know, seeing five targets last week probably, you know, leaves him relegated to big tournament-only sort of plays. And Hayden Hurst, uh, he is kind of heading in the wrong direction as well. He was limited on Wednesday. He wound up being out of Thursday's practice, so that's certainly not trending in a positive direction for him. He did get eight targets last week, so, you know, he'd certainly be in the conversation with guys like Evan Ingram and Hunter Henry if he were totally healthy, uh, if he can't go, it's not totally clear who's going to step in and get the bigger workload. Uh, I read speculation that could be like Luke Stocker or Jaden Graham. I don't think this is a situation, given that we have no track record, where we would really be targeting the backup tight end, though. So, um, you know, he's worth a look if he winds up playing. And if he doesn't, then you just, I think, move on from the situation. All right, next game we have is the Raiders and the Jets. This game started at 7.5 uh, in favor of the Raiders, and now it's actually up to 9.5 for the for Las Vegas. I almost said Los Angeles. Um, and that was, still would have been wrong because they used to play in Oakland. But the uh, the situation I think we're monitoring here the, the closest is that of Josh Jacobs, who after Thursday still has not practiced this week. And so... I mean, our system is kind of like Jacobs just as a cash play on its own. I don't think the, the injury stuff, even if he were to play, has me concerned enough that I probably would lower him no matter what. But what are your thoughts here on where we would stand with Devontae Booker if, uh, you know, clear my throat here, if, if Devontae Booker were to get the start over Jacobs? Yeah, I think he'd be an automatic cash game play. 
Uh, he's been effective in touches in the past. He's pretty cheap at 6,000. You know, he's not free necessarily. Absolutely terrific matchup. Yeah, I don't know. Am I off base here? I, I think we'd be playing him in every lineup if he got the start. Yeah, I think so. It's one of those situations where he's it's clearly it's clear he's the next man up to the point where he's even gotten carries in. Yeah, nine touches last week. Exactly, and and it's, and that, that's not just a one week thing either with him. Like he he has like let me look real quick. The week before, yeah, he had five carries and fifteen snaps the week before, which is not going crazy, but it's clear that he's just the guy uh, right after him. And actually, is has been in situations where he's carried the ball and has seen a, a target here um, here and there as well. So I think that they would probably be comfortable with him being something close to an every down back. They have Theo Riddick around. I don't think that would you know cut into the opportunity too much. So I'm with you. If if Jacob sat here, we'd be probably be looking at Booker as an everywhere cash play. And I'd like it too because the Jets, look, the Jets defense is bad. They are bad because they're bad against the pass and not so bad against the run where they rank eighth in terms of DVOA. And this is something uh, that we mentioned yesterday. But um, in general, I, this just would, this seems like it would represent the kind of opportunity that we want. Now, knowing that the Jets defense is really bad against the pass, do we want to target anything here? Uh, you know, Darren Waller, the receivers feel like impossible situation to get a handle on a week-to-week basis from Las Vegas. What is it, Aguilar or Ruggs seeing a target here and there, or Renfro, like, it feels weird because the Jets' pass defense is definitely something we want to target, but the, the, the Raiders just don't they just don't throw to Robbie, right receivers in a way that you can ever feel comfortable about. Yeah, they're just big tournament plays. I, I don't see any way to fit any of these guys into a cash game lineup that looks safe. So, um, yeah, not, not going to bother with any of those guys. All right, Colts go in and play the Texans. This game... Uh, started at two and a half in favor of the Colts. Now it was up to three and a half for Indianapolis. The the line started at fifty three and down to fifty one. So the points really came off the Texan side. It's like, I don't know if it's exactly Will Fuller related or just like an overall defensive down offensive downgrade because usually lines don't really change when um when wide receivers miss. Although you do have to feel like the offense does get a downgrade here because the wide receiver core is very very thin when it comes to the Texans. We're, let's start on the on the uh, cold side of the ball. Where do we stand with Jonathan Taylor? Two weeks ago, he was looking like a guy we really wanted to probably consider playing in cash, coming off, uh, or you know, or at least think about it, coming off a huge carry week. But then he sits out because of the COVID stuff, and we you know get into like the Naheem Hines sort of territory with, with him. But now Taylor's back, and the you know just going back a couple weeks, carried the ball twenty two times, uh, saw four saw four targets. Um, where do we stand with him? Texans defense not very good here feels like you know, they rank 27th against the rush this season. Is Taylor a cash game guy for us? Oh, man, it's it's really, it'd be really difficult to give him the full stamp of approval here. He got so much opportunity against Green Bay, but that also wasn't exactly the norm prior to right. that. So it's, and, you know, Hines has still been effective. Wilkins has been somewhat effective. It just seems risky to me. I don't know. I, I know we have that one game against Green Bay where he really touched the ball a lot. I know that's sort of ostensibly been the plan in Indy. But something about it just, I don't know. There, there's a little alarm bell ringing in the back of my head, and I don't know why. <laughs> but but I don't. it doesn't feel like a slam dunk play to me. But, but it's kind of strange, though, because if this game were just directly after the Green Bay game, we'd probably be talking about it, yeah. right? So. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I know that's a that's a pretty wishy-washy answer. I just don't have a, a strong gut feeling. Look, here. in terms of matchup, you're really not going to get a better matchup here against Houston. Houston allows the most yards per rush. Like I said, they're 27th overall against the uh, against the run this season. Uh, Indianapolis is favorites here. Uh, everything about the matchup lines up perfectly. And it, it, it always felt like this was kind of the plan with Taylor, that they wanted to just kind of run downhill with him, even though they had Hines and Wilkins behind him. But you're right, it just hasn't. We've had a few too many examples where the the carries just kind of get split up or the opportunity or like something goes wrong and that you're not maybe aware of during the game, but he kind of gets benched, like whether it's a fumble or, I mean, that would be aware, but like maybe misses a protection. I think that the, some of these guys, the hook is so quick on some of them, then that's that's the scary part, right? Like you, you're not going to know why, the, why it happened necessarily, but it just, when there's a next man up situation with some of these teams, it just gets really... It gets really, really dicey. It's like the difference between a guy like him or a guy like Mike Davis. It's like, yeah, hey, what's Mike Davis? And I know he's, he's backing up CMC, but like, what's he going to do wrong that's going to get him not on the field as much, right? And like, not much, it doesn't seem like. So, um, and the fact that, that it seems to exist for Taylor is scary. 
and he's really cheap, and this matchup is perfect. So I don't know. This one's a tough one. I like. I think we'll have to see how the rest of the position shakes out um, in terms of like where we need to save. But yeah, this one I think is one we'll discuss because the the price the price is low because they, we, like we said, the opportunity has been weird, <laughs> and so it's kept the price down. And so now we're in a situation where I don't know. We could be we could be staring at one where the, the ownership. I don't know. I'm I'm being wishy washy on myself. Like you can hear by the hesitation in my voice because I'm actually not exactly sure where to land here. I don't know if we want to do anything else in terms of uh, the Indianapolis offense. Like the, the ball just gets spread out to air. if you, if you played for the Colts, you would get probably two targets. I think. Um, like if you just if you I just, don't know, buddy. After watching what happened to Kendall Hinton uh, a week or two ago, whenever that was, I guess it was only five days ago. I'm never going to make any claims like anything I could do on a professional football field right. <laughs> ever again. So I was trying to describe I think if I played for the Colts, I would die. I was trying so to describe why. that situation to my wife. Like, just I was like, it was cra- it was like watching, you know, a, a, a great athlete go out there and play with the absolute best athletes, and just watch him take a snap and a run for his life. Like the thing you would do if you said, like, you you got to get on the field, you got to play 30 snaps, try not to die. What would you be your plan? My plan would be to get the ball and just sprint in one direction, and then just like hurl the ball. Hopefully out of bounds before someone was going to hit me. Oh, you got to spike the ball immediately, buddy. I'm scared. You're, you're going to run someplace? Don't do that. <laughs> Just fumble. Do whatever you want. If all you have to do is live. <laughs> that's true. Um, it's not clear that I could even, like, take a snap from a center without, like, hurting my finger. That's true. I didn't even think about that part. Like, where the, the snap itself blows me back into the backfield. <laughs> it's actually totally, like, not even unclear about how much I'd be able to move in the pads. All right. Well, this is not a this, – this is not <laughs> <laughs> Great call. The pads are all heavy. <laughs> These pads are so heavy. How do you guys run around in these things? All right, well, Texans. Sorry, I'm having my neck is killing me. This helmet weighs like six pounds. <laughs> Texans look like they're going to get David Johnson back here. We talked about the Will Fuller suspension and how that probably vaults Brandon Cooks into the cash game lock territory, just in terms of opportunity. We did mention Kiki Kote as a uh, DraftKings play where he's coming very cheap. Although I'm not even positive we're going to need the savings this week, depending on how some of this other stuff shakes out. But Kote at 3,500. Is, uh, is is a pretty good price. I don't think I want to run any of the running game with DJ, the Duke Johnson and David Johnson situation coming back here, right? Like, I don't think, and, I, and I'm, I'm probably the same with Watson in terms of just, I just don't know if the matchups is good enough here against the Colts. Yeah, I, I'm with that as well. I, you know, David Johnson was no great shakes under perfect circumstances. You know, coming back from a concussion, Duke Johnson is still lingering there. It's, you know, an effective ball catcher. There, there's a lot to not like very much and like you said we, we kind of broke down the passing game situation yesterday i still sign off on all that so i think we uh we move on i did bet indianapolis at minus two and a half here so got in a little bit early on the line as a client of the three and a half i think the three and a half is probably still palatable just because the texans is mostly just that the texans uh defense is so bad that it, it does get a little closer at the three and a half we have them right around we have them right. The, we have in the like four point two favorites right now. So two and a half seem good. Three and a half get probably getting a little bit closer. All right, moving on to uh, the Browns and the te- the Titans. I mentioned this yesterday in the bets, and I'm just going to throw it out there again. This this line started at minus four for the t- Titans. Could not bet that fast enough. Um, the, t- the the Browns stink. I they I just don't even know. They're the the worst eight and three team that's ever existed. I think like they are ne- negative point differential. They played nobody. They, the the um, strength of schedule for them has been, I believe, the easiest in the entire league. And anytime they played actual teams, they've gotten completely dumpstered. Like the, the Steelers killed them, the Ravens killed them, and then they just beat up on all the bad teams in the league. Basically, that's like that's the story of the season. Anyway, not that's not DFS related, but uh, still like the Titans here at five and a half. But the four was uh, was kind of a, a run over to the run over to the book and, and make a bet here because that was it was a mispriced line right from the start. With that being said. Um, you know, we've kind of nodded to him a little bit here with Derrick Henry in terms of just wanting to probably play him in cash. I, I think I probably just prefer Henry over Cook. I don't, I'm like straight up. I'm just a little bit worried about the Cook thing. Is that crazy to think that way? Um, I just, I just think that like there's just no question marks around Henry, and there's just like one, just having at least one question mark around Cook is probably enough for me to you know settle the tie. But is that is that a crazy way to think? I kind of heard you say no, but you know, what are your thoughts? No, no, it's it's not a crazy way to think at all. Um... And, you know, this is the type of thing where it looks close, but maybe with some of the extenuating circumstances, it's close but clear, you know, where it's like, eh, which, who's better, who's better? But then not to mention you also get savings on Henry. So, yeah, I think you take all that together, you probably just play Henry. Yeah, uh, they, they talked to two about, you know, even saying like, oh, we need to get Henry, uh, you know, more in the pass catching game. Even He plays every snap, so I'm not even sure like where they think this is going to come from. But the fact that they're still even talking about we're not maybe using him enough feels nuts. Like this guy carried the ball 27 times last week uh, had, and have had four targets. So 
it's just one of these things where, especially late game, it's just, it, it really is weird. It's like with Derek Henry, it's like late game, it's like he, everyone else gets tired and he just doesn't get tired, right? <laughs> like it's just, it's absolutely insane watching. It was never, I don't feel like I've ever had this feeling watching a running back where it's, it's, it's near, I guess you're making maybe close to carry the bully times too last week. But um, yeah, like you just can't ever look away because this feels like the game's over and he's just still breaking off big runs, even if things haven't been going well for, you know, for part of the half. It's really just nuts to watch. So anyway, yeah, I think I'm, I think, I think when it's all said and done, Henry at 10,000 on FanDuel probably feels like the guy. Um, let me just check the price difference. The price difference is a little closer on DraftKings where he's just 300 cheaper than Cook. Uh, we have them far and away the highest rated running backs. This is not news. Any system you use is going to basically say this. So, um, yeah, this will probably be another maybe close discussion as we go into this week. Anything else to see here on the Tennessee side? No, not really. Um, you know, we can sit here and dream on some big upside options, right? Like A.J. Brown, theoretically, Corey Davis. We're not going to probably mess with any of these guys for cash games, I wouldn't imagine. Uh, A.J. Brown is still carrying currently a questionable tag. He missed practice on Thursday, so... You know, if he were to wind up missing, that would open things up for guys like Corey Davis. But we've seen even in the absence of A.J. Brown, this be a pretty volatile situation. Um, you know, maybe we could consider like a Johnny Smith again or something like that. But it's nothing to be excited about at this point. Um, but yeah, still still worth keeping an eye on, you know, because if Brown were to miss, that is a significant amount of targets kind of just going back, uh, going back into the reservation. Oh, and I actually I, I mentioned Johnny Smith. He actually has missed Wednesday and Thursday's practices. So if he were to sit, Anthony Ferkser kind of starts curing our, our tight end woes as well. So that actually is a situation, you know, with both Brown and Smith missing, potentially, then Ferkser would be a really, really good play, I think. That's interesting. And one other thing, too, about Cleveland, I kind of was under the assumption, I was thinking as I, um, just as I thought about the team, I was like, oh, you know, they run the ball so much that their opponent plays per game are probably low because the clock kind of drags out. That is actually not the case. They've allowed the 20, let's say, no, I'm going the wrong way. They've allowed the ninth most opponents plays per game because the, the passing offense is bad um, and it's just hard for them to just get like long sustained drives in the season. So, um, yeah, they allow 66 plays per game, which is, yeah, bottom th- or well, top third, depending on how you want to look at it in pace. Uh, so just another sort of feather in the cap on the Tennessee side here. Um, in ter- and like I said, this line has just gone up in terms of points. And I believe right now on the main slate, they might, Tennessee might have, that's actually what's so funny. It's actually second. They have the second most implied points in, in, on the week right after the Minnesota Vikings. So that's another, just another sort of coin flip territory between these running backs. It doesn't like maybe get all that clear if you look at implied points. We talked about Jarvis Landry as a possible cash game play yesterday, especially if the, the Browns are playing from behind. I don't think you can touch anything with the running game here. They're just happy to continue just giving these guys, uh, that's Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, just tons of carries when the game's going correctly. Like you know, last week was Chubb nineteen carries, Hunt ten carries, but I it's hard to imagine a it's hard to imagine a scenario where they're you know playing running downhill the entire time in this game. Next game up is the Lions and the Bears. Right now, this line started at minus four and a half for the Bears, actually down to minus three. So Lions crept up a, a little bit in terms of points. It looks like Mitch Trubisky is going to start again. He was. You know, he was Mitch Trubisky last week. I don't really know. There's, it's not good. Um, it's maybe it's the same as Nick Foles. I don't. I don't think you need to like make any changes to the projections in terms of the offense when it's when you're toggling between these two guys. So I'm, you know, good good news there. Bad news is that these guys are still your quarterbacks. Uh, let's start on the Bears side. We, I mean, right now, David Montgomery is kind of creeping around, wanting our system, wanting us to play this guy in cash. I do not love the idea, and I kind of get it at the same time. He's just so ineffective on the carries, but they still want to give him the ball a lot. He's got a lot of receptions on the season, uh, or excuse me, a lot of targets at least. 6,200 on DraftKings, excuse me, 6,200 on FanDuel. I think the price is right around the same on DraftKings. Look, yeah, oh, sorry, it's even cheaper. It's 5,500 on DraftKings where we're showing him as like a 100% play. How do you feel seeing that guy show up right now in every line? I, I don't feel great about it. But, How do you think I feel? Yeah, but I, I kind of get, <laughs> get why, right? Like I kind of get why yeah. on the opportunity. And the matchup with Detroit is not very good. And so that makes sense. And Chicago for 24 implied points for Chicago is kind of a lot. And so, yeah. and I'm just kind of like, oh my God, David Montgomery and Cash. Like we could just 30, if you saw him get, the, if he finished the game with 32 yards, you wouldn't be surprised either. So I just, this is No, I mean, he touched the ball 16 times when they played Detroit earlier in the season. He touched the ball 17 times last week. That's around the opportunity you have to give him for this game. And if that's enough to put him in lineups, then ultimately it's enough to put him in lineups. But you're not going to, be super excited about it by any stretch so um like if i if 
if you had to choose right now between him and Jonathan Taylor, who feels like a safer option? Oh, man. I mean, that is the choice. Yeah. I mean, Taylor's 6,400. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with both, but for different reasons, you know? Like, I, I'm uncomfortable. Exactly. And that's kind of where I land. I mean, right now, just to make you feel better, right now, our top DraftKings lineup has both of them in it. So, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. So, it's, uh, maybe that's just where we ultimately land. I don't, and just try to, you know, hope that hope and wish and pray that, that the opportunity and, and just works out for kind of the same for both. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I probably, ah, that's so hard. I guess, I guess Montgomery, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm with Montgomery too. Let me give you one more of this guy or that guy. Yeah. So we talked to, you know, if Salvan Ahmed winds up sitting this week, you get Matt Breida again for the Dolphins. No, no chance. Or let's say you can play, let's say you can play Allen Robinson oh. from the Bears. <laughs> I won. I made such a mistake last week in my season long. I, <laughs> Uh, I sat Robinson. The, 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 the going back to Mitch kind of like spooked me off Robinson. God, what a mistake! I ended up winning, but it was not because it wasn't because of skill. I'll tell you that that was one of the, the stupidest choices. I, could, I wasn't gonna wasn't gonna trump with that one from the from the rafters uh, in terms of. <laughs> That's why I'm here, my friend. But Allen Robinson, though, in all seriousness, under seven thousand, thirteen targets. It looks like the move back to Trubisky is a bullish sign for him, right? I mean, yeah, he has a monster. He he had a three week stretch where he averaged thirteen targets. And more than 100 yards, like, you know, two two games in a row, touchdowns, so on, earlier this season. Do we just go back to the Allen Robinson well at this point? Um, well, he's interesting because, like, this is he's in, he's in the guy that, so I'll do this or that on him. Him or on, on DraftKings, they're around the same price. Um, him or Justin Jefferson. Uh, Justin Jefferson is 6,900. Robinson's uh, 6,700. So let's just call them basically the same price. I'm going to take Allen Robinson. That's interesting because we have, it's funny because we have Jefferson for fewer targets, but... Um, uh, but like his, again, his targets are so much more valuable than <laughs> than what happens with Robinson. So that w- right, but that, but you add all that together, and you know, Thielen's kind of been coming and going this season. I think you take Robinson, and I'm not sure it's particularly close. I, I don't like. There's good reason to believe that Jefferson is just going to go back to you know seven or eight targets, and I don't think there's any reason to believe that. Robinson will right, and Jefferson could have less. The, the Minnesota's favored by ten. Right, <laughs> they have they had a passing game earlier this season. How many attempts did Cousins have? Nine or something. <laughs> right, like that? yeah. Well, it's funny because so. like Jefferson right now is showing up in our DraftKings lineup, but we might be a little bit high on the. We might just be a little bit still high on the opportunity. Uh, I don't know. He's, he's his median targets this year are eight, and his his uh, his average targets are seven point six. That's uh, oh no, that's Thielen. Sorry, no, uh, I take that back. I, we maybe we're a little high on Jefferson's overall opportunity coming off that one big week. I don't know. It's a hard one because, like I said, it's you can also begin to get more comfortable as the season goes on, and all of a sudden, I don't know. I'm just kind of I'm floundering here. But this this one this one ends up being maybe close, and maybe it's not that close. Maybe just Robinson's just the safer guy because it just looks like the opportunity. Is just going to be there in a way that maybe it just gets buzzed off for Jefferson, uh, and then maybe maybe I'm thinking it's closer than it isn't. Uh, only other thing here on Detroit uh, looks like DeAndre Swift is going to come back. Although I we talked about this yesterday, I can't remember if we were talking about it on air or off air, but the, 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 these concussion things are so sad because DeAndre Swift sat out with a concussion. And then there was a, a report from Adrian Peterson that where he was like, he just doesn't look like himself. He's like, his energy level is so low. I'm like, oh my God, with these guys, like, don't play. Like, if you're if another running back like Adrian Peterson is kind of like expressing concern about your overall health, I think you maybe can maybe find a reason to sit out again, right? Like, I just don't. I, does that make sense? What I'm saying? This is like not a fan. Yeah, dude. As a rookie too, like just take a breather. Right. The one that you're at, you have nothing to play for. There's just no no sense at all in marching back out there and you know damaging yourself life potentially. Yeah, this is this is crazy. This is a really this will be a really weird one if he winds up going out there. I grabbed Detroit at plus five and a half when the opening line came out, and now it's down to three. So I'm actually thinking that I could probably swing it swing it back the other way. <laughs> now, yeah, this was another one that just was a mistake price. Um, we should probably just part. We gotta figure out a way to start posting these because um, it was just another mistake price, and clearly it bore itself out in the way that it was bet. I, there, there's a, probably a middling opportunity here because um, I think with the three, it looks like it's probably a little bit closer um, than that. So anyway, um, just another bet that we. And eh, no, I still probably. They probably still get three points, um, but I probably feel a little bit less comfortable about it. Okay, moving on. Rams go in and play the Cardinals. This game started at one, minus one in favor of the Rams, and now up to minus three. Not really sure what moved the line, except for just, I don't think there was anything specific that moved the line, except for just maybe another misprice. Let's start on the Rams side. 
We've wanted to start some of these wide receivers in the past, like Cup. Uh, then guys like Woods get a lot of targets. Uh, is there anything to see here on the Rams' uh, offensive side for a team that has yeah, 25 and a half is nothing to sneeze at? Um, sneeze at? Is that what you do? Nothing to. What do you do? Yeah. Is that what you do when you don't? I think yeah, I think you sneeze at. Yeah, that sounded weird when I said it, but I was gonna. But then I couldn't think of the other word. All right. Uh, anything to hear to see on the Rams side? It is a weird, a weird saying overall. Yeah, because I don't know um, what you. First of all, you never choose to sneeze at something, so. It's not like you would. <laughs> Nothing to say. Hey, why, don't, don't sneeze at that. Especially, I mean, in the in the year twenty twenty, I think we got to retire that thing. Yeah, yeah. It's always it could be damaging. Yeah. Reminds me of the time when I was giving a doing public speaking in Canada, and I used the phrase "more than one ways to skin a cat," and everyone looked at me like I was just this weird animal torturer, right. and I was like, "So you guys don't have that saying up here, <laughs> like a more than one way to do things?" And they were like, "No, nah, <laughs> we don't have that saying." Here. No, we don't do that. That's uh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Here we're not skinning our cats, but uh, yeah, in America I'm sure you have. It's like kind of like how many Eskimos have like 35 words for snow. Right. Sure it's got all sorts of methodology. Anyway, in terms of this game, yeah, the Rams I think are doing what smart football teams do, which is not trying to consolidate all the production into the hands of just a few guys. But that doesn't really help us for DFS purposes right. at all. So I think you can dream on guys like Cup, like the big tournament upside is going to really be there. He'll, he'll probably be a guy that's just under-owned on a week-to-week basis because he can hit 13 targets. But if the game isn't going well, he can get five. So that just drives the price down on him, right? So, um, but yeah, no, I, I think you can consider really any of those guys. Um, running back situation kind of is the same thing to me. You know, no running back over 5,600. But I think there's good reason for that. So I don't, I don't see myself dabbling in any Rams besides maybe Cup, maybe Woods in big tournaments. Uh, and the, on the the Cardinal side, we saw last week they get Kenny and Drake back, and they want to run him all the time, and then they lose because that just seems like a mistake. And I, that game was a total mess. I, I was very very frustrated to watch, especially because we started Kyler um, in in uh, in cash games, but and they just did mm-hmm. everything to kind of dumpster him in terms of a fantasy performance, Not aside from the fact that the Patriots sort of had to ha- have a handle on it. Anything to see here against the Rams defense, which is also very good. I It's hard to, it's hard to imagine the upside here. The play calling was so bad. But, like, this is the top five, yeah, top six defense right here uh, on the Rams. Um, anything to like here on the Cardinals? Not really. Um, you know, I wrote up Kenyon Drake as another potential guy you could consider just stuffing in there at some point. Chase Edmonds is still lurking, but... You know, we did see him touch the ball 26 times against New England, including, I'm going to say, vulturing those touchdowns from Kyler Murray, Doug, because we had Kyler Murray uh, going last week. But, yeah, that's a good sign, right? The fact that he can get goal line carries. He's got three touchdowns in his last two games. He is catching some balls out of the backfield. He's very cheap. Uh, it's a tough matchup, but he's right there in the conversation for me with guys like Jonathan Taylor and David Montgomery. Uh, it doesn't look like Larry Fitzgerald. I think I believe Larry Fitzgerald's on the COVID IR list. This I gotta tell you, the COVID IR list is the hardest thing to keep track of. It's I, impossible. It, it's it's. I never know what the rules are for who has to sit how many games. It it it, it seems like well, it's, it's a certain cl- number of days since your previous positive test, I believe. But the the reporting on it is so bizarre That's because it. yeah, like the you know so normally a guy is like after practice on Friday they put the in- injury designation on someone. Like, he's questionable. The game time decision, right? You're like, okay, cool. With COVID IR, it's like, you just won't hear anything. That's like, what I mean. Hey, they not, COVID IR. Get, and then they don't tell you, like, is he questionable to come back? Is he likely to come back? Does he have any symptoms? Like, all that stuff. And then maybe you get something from, like, Schefter on Sunday morning. Maybe you don't. Uh, maybe he's, like, quote-unquote activated on Saturday, but he hasn't practiced in two weeks. It is an absolute full-on mess. And I'm I'm ready for it to be done. Not the worst part about COVID-19, probably, but... It certainly annoys me. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it's probably the part I complain about the most. All right, uh, Giants, <laughs> Giants, and outwardly, Giants and Seahawks. This game is minus ten in favor of Seattle. The Giants look like they're going to be rolling Colt McCoy out there. I don't know, you know, how much we probably have to downgrade, or we definitely have to downgrade the passing offense some uh, for him. So it kind of gets, it does get tough to play any of the pass catchers. I think if they're going to roll McCoy out here. And then Seattle, I do think we actually keep an eye on this running back situation again because neither Chris Carson nor Carlos Hyde practiced, I don't believe, yesterday. I mean, Hyde I know definitely didn't. but uh, And Carson was hurt and finally made his way back last week. They did not run him a full workload. They, they spelled him with Hyde a lot, but then you know now Hyde's injured. If Hyde were to sit, would we ramp Carson all the way up to a full opportunity here or would we have to kind of creep DJ guys like DJ Dallas back in because – 
I'm just not sure that the Seattle wants to run him if they think he's really banged up. And I, but I'm mentioning it because yeah. it's such a it's one of these you know sort of like the Dalvin Cook thing, Dalvin Cook light, and in, in that they're just massive home favorites here, which is exactly where you usually want to run a running back. Yeah, so I think there's too many red flags with Carson to really think about it. Yeah, Hyde sitting wouldn't be a bad thing certainly for his opportunity, but he only played 37% of the snaps last week yeah. too. Like it wasn't that. Like, yeah, it wasn't really like, oh, we have this two-headed monster. It was like, I think they're trying to ease him back in. He's still been limited in practice this week. He's obviously the guy that they want to be healthy for the playoffs. Seattle actually one of the smart teams uh, when it comes to managing guys overall. So I don't forecast him being a guy you're going to want to play, certainly not in cash games, because you're also not getting anything like a discount on him either, right? I mean, you can't. 8,000 would be a lot. I mean, we'd consider it if he were coming off like, 85% of the snaps and 24 touches or something, but you can't just roll them out there and just hope that it's all good. I mean, while none of the other guys have been particularly inspiring, they've also been serviceable, and this is a game Seattle should win regardless of who carries the ball. So I, I don't picture myself playing anyone in the Seattle running game this week. Seattle continues their this week or that week kind of thing with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Last yeah. week it was Lockett's, or excuse me, it was Metcalf's week where he just completely torched the Eagles for 177 yards. The week before, it was Lockett that got nine targets, 67 yards, and a touchdown. If I go back one more week, I believe it was a DK Metcalf week. So, like, you just – it's very hard. They just pick out the matchup that is most – that was Lockett two weeks in a row. Um, they just pick seem to pick out the matchup that's most advantageous, and that's who gets the ball that game, and it's really hard to see it going uh, going into the game. So, if you want to be on top of the situation for tournaments, I think you just can make a case to say you make some Metcalf lineups, you make some Lockett lineups to pair with Wilson. Because Wilson, mm-hmm. we have him, and this is no great secret either, as the highest projected quarterback on the week. We talked about it for uh, in cash games yesterday, where it's just a situation, um, really the only thing you're deciding is, is you're going to get enough opportunity against a Giants defense if they're, if they're just winning by a lot late in the game, right? Like I think this is really the yeah. only question you're asking yourself about Wilson. And eh, maybe that situation becomes a little clearer if, if they're banged up running back and they just can't it's a little harder to get things going on the ground and they have to turn to Wilson so um, I'm not sure if I don't know if Carson or Hyde like injuries increase our projection on Wilson except to maybe just say we'd feel a little bit better about running him out there like I think that maybe is the only situation mm-hmm. uh, so anyway yeah that's kind of my overall thoughts about where to land because I know personally I've not picked correctly on Metcalf or Lockett at any point this season so maybe <laughs> maybe others are out there that, that are celebrating the ability go to listen to their podcast I'm sure they're great yeah go find go find the podcast that's gotten that right every <laughs> single week and then it's just uh <laughs> and just go go like and subscribe those guys and we'll just see you later okay uh Eagles go in and Eagles go in and play Green Bay. I'm gonna tell you right now, I rarely call anybody out here. You abs- no one can listen to Ian Rappaport's um, any any news that he breaks about oh. players' opportunity this season because he's this guy has been wrong a hundred percent of the time. Like trying to project. <laughs> Jesus, Doug. You're, I, and just for listeners just tuning in for the first time, Doug is one of the most diplomatic, you know, inter-industry people in the whole world. Like, yeah, anytime I want to, like, go take someone on, you're telling me, don't do it, man. It's not worth it. All that stuff. So you're just going at Ian Rappaport. It's over. Okay, well, you're, I had three examples. Now, now I'll I mute him on Twitter. It's useless. Go, go, go at Rap Sheet, whatever. I, this guy, he's wrong every time. It's unbelievable. It's like they, it's like, it's like opposing <laughs> coaches feed him stuff so you can tweet it out. And then, like, so things he's wrong about. Um, I love it. I love this. Christian McCaffrey coming back was going to ease him in. He played every single snap that game and played yeah. the entire game and was like the highest opportunity guy. That was one. Mm-hmm. Last week it was Jalen Hurts has taken snaps and is going to be the quarterback yeah, in Philly. And he played like two snaps, didn't play at all. And that was the end of it. Like, and I shoot, I had another one. I was prepared for this. God darn it. I lost. I had a file that I was, I was writing Sorry, the thing okay. and I can't find it. Your point stands. I mean, just the. It's, you know, and there was yeah. there was there was the other examples. I, I just I'm I'm blowing it now. I'm I'm too fired up, and I was ready. For it's this okay thing. if there weren't any other examples. It doesn't. Your your point is still made. Well, so made. last week, yeah, it was like Jalen Hurts. He's going to take over for Wentz. Jalen Hurts time. Two snaps, one pass attempt. Um, Wentz forty five attempts. I just like if if a coach tells Rappaport something, it's just to it's just to feed the other team misinformation about what's going to happen in the yeah. game. I don't like whatever. So anyway, that has nothing to do with this game here. Green Bay minus nine, uh, forty eight total. What are your thoughts on the game? I'm too fired up. <laughs> You really got my you really got me giggling there, my friend. Um, so one one sneaky option for cash games this week is grabbing the Philly defense. That sounds totally insane. Mostly just because they're super super cheap and they're second in the league in sacks. So that's that's where their floor comes from. Um, remember when it comes to DFS defenses that it's not all about the opposing team's implied total. Now Rodgers is not like a particularly good guy <laughs> to go sack or intercept for that matter. But just to be on your radar as a, as a 
team that wouldn't be completely insane in that bottom price tier. Um, in terms of just like regular, you know, DFS plays, Green Bay is one of these teams where they're they they have two simultaneous problems. Um, Adams and Rodgers are victims of their own success because Adams has just been so good and so lucky when it comes to touchdowns that he's just so expensive, right? Ninety five hundred for a wide receiver. He's kind of been worth it when it comes to the course of the season, but with the targets trending slightly in the wrong direction, I think that's enough for me to not want to be on it. Uh, so basically, he's just too expensive to play in cash. And then at running back, again, they're, they're good at running the football, but neither Jones nor Williams is affordable based on their actual production. So uh, good team, not a terrible matchup, but you're not going to play them in, in cash games, certainly. Um both so, both yeah, carried the ball seventeen. Both carried the ball seventeen yeah. times last week. You're, you're relegated to big tournaments here. You're you're throwing darts. You know maybe I, so for that matter, Williams is probably a reasonable dart throw at a super cheap price point. If he can touch the ball seventeen times on fifty two hundred, that's a a pretty darn good deal. But yeah, there's nothing nothing to be over the moon about here, unfortunately. Um, real quick, did you mention how many times Philly's been sacked this year? I mentioned. Yeah, I heard you mention the Green Bay piece with the sacks. No. Okay, so Philly. So it's worth noting here because I actually thought that's where we we're going to go. It's worth noting here. Philly has taken the most sacks this le- this year, and it's not even close on the season. They have they've been sacked eight more times than Cincinnati, who looked like Burrow was getting sacked every single play. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And Wentz and Wentz has been sacked eight more times than that. The difference between how many times they've been sacked and the next closest team is the same difference as the second team down to the. 10th team in terms so of you're giving me the green bay defense you're basically saying philly turns every opposing defense into the steelers when it comes to sacks in terms of sacks on average yeah like they have the yeah. they have the most opponent sacks of 46 um and they i believe have the second most takeaways third most takeaways uh for opposing defenses at 21 okay. after denver and dallas yeah like i really like green bay's defense here um just in terms of wentz and it's, it's one of those things too it doesn't take much to, doesn't take like an x's and o's guys to see that wentz just does not throw the ball away just takes the worst sacks in the world on a weekly basis it's incredible like, it's, yeah. it's really is it's like i don't know if he just like thinks he, it's like a hero moment where he just has to stand in the pocket and then he just gets absolutely driven into the ground it happens every single game I, i'm not a philly i sound like i'm an eagles fan i'm not it's just it's it's, it's, it's kind of unbelievable to watch on a week-to-week basis all right let's finish this thing off i'm all fired up for the rap sheet thing. Um, Let's go. Uh, Patriots go in and play the Chargers. This line flipped at minus one and a half for the Chargers. Is now minus yeah. one for uh, the Patriots. I personally don't see it. I, I actually like the Chargers at minus one and a half, but I'm probably not factoring. Our numbers don't factor in the Anthony Flynn experience um, quite correctly in terms of the coaching piece. Like the difference, the difference in coaching here between uh, what the Chargers have and Belichick is sizable. Yeah, oh, it's sizable. sizable. It's a it's a chasm, uh, and you just all you have to do is watch last week's game. Um, really, all you had to do is watch last week's last minute of the Chargers game to get basically the tail of the tape on the entire season where they complete a miracle Hail Mary, get down, they have no timeouts, they run the ball for some reason, keep the clock running, then have to spike it. It was the biggest comedy of errors you've ever seen in your life. And then Warren Sharp had a great tweet because then the next play they ran was a QB sneak, except the entire line was pulling on a pass protection. So Herbert just ran in basically ran into his own line that had backed up two, you know, two feet to, to pass protect and then just get, it fell onto the ground. That was the end of the game. It was Anyway, That's uh, what are your thoughts on this game? I'm all over the place today. I want to give you a, a fun stat. Chargers 3-8, and eight. Browns 8-3, eight and three. Chargers minus 23 point differential, Browns minus 21 points. Yeah, it's just the difference. Of, it's just the difference. I mean, Chargers have lost so many close games, too, like games that they yeah, it's been really incredible. just I, – I think I've been – it's probably the team I've lost the most on betting because our numbers really never tell the – whole story it doesn't seem to tell the whole story in terms of like oh they yeah. they seem a lot better on paper because they've lost some of these close games and so the lines don't ever seem to reflect it but then they're losing these close games because there's a coaching piece of this that i'm yeah already- it does seem like there is some skill involved or or lack of skill and it kind of reminds me of like baseball where you're like yeah this team lost a lot of close games that was unlucky and most of the time that's true except sometimes they're just using their bullpen exactly wrong, you know, using their good guys in low right. leverage situations, like being up three in the bottom of the ninth, and they're bad guys and you know, bad setup man, good closer is a common way yeah, that just, happens. Well, just like yeah, right, losing teams. along every like like losing every little edge that other teams pick up, like that. Yeah, can, with leverage, right? So like right. you know, in baseball, not all runs are created equally. Like adding one more run when you're up ten three means basically nothing. We're adding a run when you're down three two is means everything. We're like yeah, and like the other thing football has that, that same effect as well, right? Where teams clearly do change their game plan when they go up by 20 or down by 20. Um, the, so the, the Saints don't deserve any extra credit winning 31-3 to versus 17-3. to Because the go Patriots ahead. are minus 26 in the season, have a 5-6 and six record, and you're like, well, they're probably just actually getting the most with the least at this point. Because they're, right, like exactly. they're, like they're, 
just roster and personnel are bad. Because if you look at the Patriots, they're, I mean, statistically, they're really bad this year. The second, incredible. Yeah. second worst defense in the league. They're ranked 31st in DVOA um, and mm-hmm. are bad against both <laughs> both the pass and the run. This is where our system does like Herbert, loves Eckler. We talked about Eckler yesterday. Um, not on Keenan Allen as much, but we were, the only thing we were a little concerned here was pace of play because New England has allowed the fewest opponents' plays per game. Um, does anything change for us in terms of – because we did talk at sort of great length about these guys yesterday. Yeah, no, nothing's really changed dramatically since yesterday. I think the Patriots are unplayable. I don't see anyone that you can play <laughs> on their team uh, from a DFS perspective. I mean, again, outside of the obvious big tournament options, Eckler, I think, is the best running back of the week. We didn't mention Keenan Allen yesterday. It's probably just worth mentioning him every single week. He wasn't especially inspiring against Buffalo last week, but he still got 10 targets. And when things aren't going totally sideways for the Chargers, he will have 10-plus targets, and that's a lot of targets, and he's still cheap, right? So if you think this is a good matchup, uh, then I think you you can zero in on Keenan Allen in your cash games as well. I will say the, pa- the Pats do scare me a little bit when it comes to guys like Keenan Allen because they do have a track record of kind of taking away your best option or at least minimizing the damage from it. But it's not clear who that is between Eckler and Allen this week. So, you know, playing both Eckler and Allen, and, you know, you mentioned Herbert in as a cash game option this week too. Kind of getting that whole Chargers passing offense, right? right. <laughs> the, old, the old DFSR special uh, doesn't seem insane to me either. So um, Hunter Henry there, you know, while we're here, <laughs> take all four and call it a day. But uh, but yeah, I think all those guys are, are certainly worth considering. Um, and I'm betting uh, Chargers plus one here. And I was just ro- strolling through Rappaport's Twitter yeah. here trying to find this other thing, but it's not going to work. So I didn't really hear anything you said. Um, <laughs> whatever you said whatever you said about the pay. Uh, the, cool. the it was smart. It was smart. Just assume that I totally agree. And on that note, mm-hmm. we've ended this podcast with a whimper and not a bang. DFSR.com is the site. DFSR.com slash deals. We'll get you started on our projection system that's uh, powered by our good friends over at Lineup Lab. Optimal Labs mm-hmm. for FanDuel and DraftKings. It's going to include NBA as well when that season starts up back again in less than or fewer than three weeks. So it's all covered under one subscription package. No better deal in the business. DFSR.com slash deals will get you started. Buddy, enjoy your week 13 in the NFL. I'm going to keep t- combing through this Twitter timeline. <laughs> Let's get it.